Welcome to the Property Magic Podcast. My name is Simon Zucci, and in this podcast, I'm going to deep dive into the property investing strategies and investor mindset for my book, Property Magic. I will also share real estate investing hints, tips, and tricks, which I normally only share on my Property Mastermind Mentorship. Hello and welcome to the first episode in which I'm going to share with you how I first got into property. I'm also going to answer the question that I'm most often asked, which is, what would I do if I was starting now? And I'm going to share with you my biggest investing regret. So let me start off on how I first became interested in property. Well, I've always been entrepreneurial, but to be honest, I knew absolutely nothing about property investing. I've got no background in property. None of my family have ever invested in property apart from owning their own homes. And I think my biggest influence was probably when I was a student at the University of Birmingham. And in my third year, I moved into a house with some of my friends and we had to go and visit the landlord at his home to sign the contracts. Now, he lived in a very nice part of Edgebaston on a road called Farquhar Road, which is a very, very posh road. He lives in a huge house. And I distinctly remember when arriving in this house, being very impressed and walking in through the front door and being ushered into the library. Now, this had floor to ceiling books all around this room. There was a huge oak desk with a big leather chair and four little chairs in front of the desk. This guy obviously knew something about negotiation. So we sat down to fill in our contracts. And I remember saying to this guy, Mr. Smith, I said, I hope you don't mind me asking, but what do you do for a living? And he said, well, I used to be a solicitor. Now, we all know solicitors are very well paid, right? But he said, but now I'm a full time landlord. Now, I didn't really know what he meant by that. I thought, well, okay, you must own some property. But it wasn't until later that year when it was almost at the end of the academic year. And he came around a couple of times. I sat down, had a cup of tea with him and explained he owned 100 properties in Selly Oak, which is just next to Birmingham University where I was living. And he explained that the income from that was more than he was earning in a salary. And so he gave up law and was just a full time landlord. And I think that put a real seed of imagination into my mind. So when I graduated university in 1994, I came out with a great degree from a great university. But unfortunately, I didn't have a job and I was in debt. I had no money. And to be honest, I was in a pretty bad place. Then my girlfriend at the time decided to break up for me. It was probably one of the lowest times in my life. I wasn't feeling much self-worth. Now, at the time, the National Lottery had just started. And along with everybody else, I bought a ticket every week and I would daydream what I would do if I won a million pounds. I worked out I'd be able to buy 20 houses for cash with a million pounds because houses in the area were about £50,000. And this would give me a fantastic cash flow for life. Now, in fact, you don't need 20 houses to become financially independent. For most people, less than five good investment properties could be more than enough to replace your income, as I'm going to explain in later episodes of this podcast. But anyway, I had it all sorted out. All I had to do was to win the national lottery. Now, surprise, surprise, that didn't happen. And so I thought a more conventional way was probably best. And I thought it was time to take responsibility for my life. You see, I decided that I deserved to get a really good job. 
I've been to university. I've got a great degree. Some of my friends who are no better than me, they've got good jobs. I thought I should really be able to do it as well. And that's what I expected to do. So what I did was I decided to really focus on applying for a great job. Now, I got a job during the day because I had to earn some money. And also I wanted to show that I was employable. And I set about in evenings and weekends completing as many job applications as I could. Now, bear in mind, this was before the days of the Internet. This was, you know, where you had to do paper applications, none of this copy and pasting. And used to have questions such as explain the time where you solved a difficult team challenge or you've led a team to success. And you have to say, oh, my God, when have I ever done this? And then you have to write an answer that fits exactly into the required box. So it takes days and days to do an application form. Whereas in my last year at university, I'd only done about seven applications and I probably didn't really put enough time and effort into them. This time I did 37 applications and made sure they were all as good as they could possibly be. Now, the reason I mention this is because very often I meet property investors who say, oh, I want to be a successful investor, but they fail to commit and they don't take the necessary action. What I decided to do was I committed. I set my clear intention of getting a great graduate job. I took massive action and that paid off. I had seven first stage interviews, four second stage interviews, and finally two job offers. And I decided to take one at Cadbury's in Birmingham, partly because I was already very close to where Cadbury's is and it was very easy for me. I had lots of friends in the area, which was great. But also I loved chocolate, which is a good reason. And the job was actually using my degree. I'd studied manufacturing engineering at university, and this was a degree, a graduate job, sorry, in production. So it, it ticked all the boxes. Suddenly, my life was back on track. And as soon as I got my job offer, I thought, right, I want to buy a house. I remember what Mr. Smith had done, and I thought, maybe I want to start building a property empire. So the way I found my first house was not a good way to buy an investment property. I was living at number 61 Tainmouth Road and I came out of the house. I thought, well, I'm going to go and find a property to buy. I didn't know where any estate agents were, but I looked down the road and I looked up the road and I saw a for sale sign and it was a house at number 69 that was for sale. So I walked back into my house, picked up the landline phone, called the agent and said, look, I see you've got a house on the mug for sale. I really love to come and look at it. So I went to look around the house and I fell in love with it. Now, that's not a good thing to do when you're investing in property. It should be all about the numbers and you need to keep emotion out of it. However, I was living in a pretty horrible house. It had no central heating, no double glazing, and we shared the kitchen in the morning with the slugs. And so it wasn't a great house. By contrast, number 69 Tamworth Road, a young couple had bought it. They turned it into a real home. It had really great decoration. It had nice soft carpets that bounced up and down when you stepped on them, had a nice kitchen. It was so much better than the house I was living in. And I could just about afford the property. Now, I say I could afford the property, but interestingly, I had no money at the time. I was in debt. And so my very first purchase was a purchase that I made with none of my own money. I'm going to cover how you can do that in future episodes of this podcast. But suffice to say, I managed to buy this property. And what I did was I bought a house bigger than I needed. And I rented out two of the rooms to two of my friends who are still studying at Birmingham University. 
Now, this was a pretty smart thing to do. And I kind of did it because I didn't really want to live on my own. I'm quite a social person. I like being with other people. But also it was smart because I managed to cover not only the cost of the mortgage, but pretty much most of the bills. That meant that I was saving most of my graduate salary from Cadbury's. I also had a part-time business running student nightclub events in Birmingham. And that was a great business, building up some cash in my business bank account. And so after a couple of years, I thought maybe I should buy another house. And I started looking around for a house that was slightly closer to work. So I'd walk to work every day and I thought, well, it'd be great if I was a bit closer there. And also, I didn't really want to be living in the student area anymore. So I found a house in Selly Park, which is kind of between where I was in Selly Oak and Bourneville. And I decided to buy that house. And I moved in with my two friends and I rented out my first property to students in 1998. So since then, I've been a student landlord. And it was when I rented out that house that I had a real light bulb moment. And I want to share that with you now. And that is when you own property that you rent out to other people, as long as you've bought the right property in the right area at the right price, what it means is that property is a bit like having your very own cash machine. What I mean is at the end of the month, when you get the rent and you take off all the costs like the mortgage, the insurance, the management fees, to have other people manage them for me and all the other costs, there should be some profit left over for you every single month. Now, you have to pay tax on that profit, just like if you have any other business and you make a profit, you have to pay tax. When you have a job, you have to pay tax on your income as well. And actually, the way that property investors are taxed has changed over the last couple of years. But as successful investors, we need to make sure we adapt and change and make sure we're making the most of the current market and the conditions. So property investing in the old way of buying a property in your own name and holding it for long term isn't quite the same or as good as it used to be. So now a lot of people are buying within companies. And whether you buy as an individual or company is very much down to your personal tax situation. And again, we're going to talk about this in future episodes of the Property Magic podcast. But the whole point about this cash machine is that you work once. You've got to do some time and effort to get this property once, but then you can get paid every month for the rest of your life or as long as you own this property. And that's really powerful. So I started to buy more properties and I got to the point where in 2001, I'd almost replaced the income that I was earning as a full-time manager at Cadbury's. So I decided to leave work. Now, that was a difficult decision because I enjoyed work. I love the people. I love the product. But I thought, you know what? If I can do this part-time, what could I do if I was doing this full-time? And I quite like the idea of being in charge of my own time, being able to go on holiday whenever I want. So I left Cadbury's. And it took me two more years, but by 2003, I had completely replaced my former salary at Cadbury's with passive income from my property portfolio. So it took me eight years to completely replace my income. Now, at that time, I didn't have to work. My property was covering all my living expenses and I was doing property kind of part time and I was still doing my nightclub business as well part time. And I realized that actually... This was quite a lonely journey. You see, none of my friends were investing. They were all at work. None of my family had ever invested. And I'd done this all on my own. And I realized I'd made lots of mistakes and it was smarter to learn from other people rather than making the mistakes myself. So I thought, wouldn't it be good if I could meet some other people 
like me, and we can all learn from each other. Now, I think this concept first came from what I met and heard from Tony Robbins in the year 2000. I went to one of his big events and I started investing in my own personal development in about 1998. And Tony Robbins talks about environment. He talks about importance of getting the right kind of people around you. And at the time in 2003, I was going to business networking meetings and they were great because I'd met some other business owners. I'd met a great accountant, a great solicitor, a mortgage broker, a printer, everything I needed for my property business. The only problem was none of these people actually owned any property themselves. And so they didn't really understand what I was trying to achieve or what I was going through. So I thought I want to connect and network with people like me who've got property and understand what I'm trying to achieve. So I went online to see if there's some sort of networking group for property investors, but there wasn't anything anywhere in the UK. So in 2003, I set up the very first networking in the country for property investors, and I called it the Property Investors Network. Initially, we were just in Birmingham, and people would come from literally all over the country to come to this networking event. And that's actually when I started teaching other people how to be successful investors. Because people say to me, Simon, um, how come we don't have to work? And, and this is great coming to PIN, but it's taking a long time to get the knowledge. Can you maybe put everything you know into a day? So I started to run courses and I realized I love to do that. And people who'd done my training said, hey, Simon, can we open up PINs where we live? And that's how PINs started to grow. And now we have a 50 PIN meetings around the country every month. Now, if you've not been to a PIN meeting, you really should go and check it out. So I'm going to give you the web address, which is www.pinmeeting.co.uk. But don't worry, I'm going to put that into the show notes. And if you've never been to a PIN meeting, I'm also going to detail how you can come to your very first PIN meeting for free as my guest just to check it out. It's normally £20, which is a very small investment, giving all the benefits you get. But actually, come along and try it for yourself as my guest. If you've been to PIN, you already know exactly what I'm talking about and you understand how important it is to be able to get around other like-minded people, to keep up to date what's happening in the market, to be inspired what other people are doing because it means you can do it as well, and also to learn from other people's mistakes so you don't have to make them. So I really highly recommend you go and check out the show notes and come along to a local PIN meeting with 50 around the country. There's Bounty One close to you. Now, I'm often asked the question, what would I do if I was starting again? And I think the answer would probably depend at what stage in life I was at. So if you are in your mid-20s or early 30s and you don't have a house yet, what I would recommend is get your own property first, but get one that's bigger than you need so that you can rent out two or three of the other rooms to other people. And there's a government scheme called Rent-A-Room Scheme where you can actually get, at the moment, £7,500 of tax-free income coming in from renting out some of your rooms in the property because the government know there's not enough accommodation in this country. And to incentivize people to open up their homes and allow lodgers to come in, they've introduced this Rent-A-Room Scheme, which is tax-free income for you. So I'd absolutely do that if you are that kind of age group. Now, if you're a bit later in life, you know, 40s or 50s, I expect you probably own your own home by now. And you've probably been trying to pay it down because if you only ever have one house, paying your mortgage down is a really smart thing to do. 
But as property investors, we recognize equity in your own house isn't really doing anything for you. So if I was in that situation, I'd release as much as I possibly could, and I'd go and buy as many as I possibly could. Now, I'm going to talk about the exact strategies which I would use in the next episode of this podcast. But I would also pay to educate myself, which is far smarter than trying to do it on your own. It took me eight years to fully replace my income, and some of my property mastermind delegates do it in as little as eight months. Now, very often people think, yeah, I'd love to invest in property, Simon, but I just don't have enough money. Well, the reality is no matter how much you have or how much you don't have, at some point, everybody runs out of money. So in future episodes, what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about using OPM, other people's money. And when you understand how to find great property deals, you'll realize there are actually plenty of people who want to work with you to fund those deals, deals they can't find themselves. So if you want to really focus on one skill, learning how to find really good deals is a great thing for you to learn to do as a property investor. Now, I did say at the beginning of this podcast, I would share with you my biggest regret. And to be honest, I've made loads of mistakes, particularly in those first eight years when I was doing it on my own. But my biggest mistake is also my biggest regret. And that was treating investing like a hobby that I did on the side instead of what I should have done, which was really focus on buying as much property as I can as quickly as I can. I believe that investing in property will make you more money than anything else you could ever do. You're going to be rewarded with cash flow every single month for as long as you own that property, as well as long term capital growth as the value goes up over time. There really is nothing better than investing in property. And I massively regret not doing more and doing it quicker. This is definitely one of the things if I were doing it from scratch, I would absolutely focus 100% on building a strong, profitable portfolio as quickly as possible. And once I had replaced my income, I could then spend my time doing whatever I want to do. And so can you. Now, people do invest in property for all sorts of different reasons. Some people hate their job and they want to replace that income so they can do something they want to do. Some people love their job, but recognize that if something happened to them and they lost their ability to do the job, they'd be in a difficult financial situation and they want to put a safety net in place. Some people invest in property for a pension and a way of maybe eventually paying off their own home. And some people do it for legacy. It's not about them. It's about their family. It's about giving their kids a better start than they had. And this brings me to the final point that I want to make in this first episode of this podcast. And that is, what is your reason why? Now, whether you're new to property or you're already an experienced investor, I believe you will be more successful, more determined and keep going if you have a really good reason why you want to do this. So I invite you to really think about what is your reason why. Write it down and share it with your partner if you have one, as it's really good to get your partner on board so they understand what you're doing and why you're doing it. And they see how you can all benefit from your property investing. 
So that's pretty much it for my first episode. I do really hope you've enjoyed listening to my Property Magic podcast. In the next episode, I'm going to be looking at where should you be investing? This is a really common question that comes up. I'm going to talk about what specific strategies you should be using. And it does depend on your circumstances. And I'm going to share with you the ones that I would be using right now if I was starting to invest. So until then, I want you to remember to invest with knowledge and invest with skill. See you the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Property Magic Podcast. To get this week's show notes, please visit www.propertymagicbook.co.uk forward slash podcast. You can contact me on LinkedIn. You can follow me on social media. And I highly recommend you subscribe to my YouTube channel to watch loads of valuable property training for free. All of the details are in the show notes. Until next time, invest with knowledge, invest with skill.